Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. It is great to be back in your earballs. I am sitting in my office, and it is 84 degrees right now here in Austin, and it's going to be 40-something tomorrow. What is the deal? Anyways, you don't care about local weather. Listen, if you're feeling a little frazzled, anxious, or bummed out lately, then you're not alone. That's where I've been, truth be told. And I really hope that the resources that I'm going to share today might help you. As I mentioned, I've been kind of feeling like I've had this like cloud of wah, wah hanging over me lately. And I am just so grateful for all of the coaching and self-discovery that I have done lately, because with all of that new self-awareness, I am able to catch myself when I am kind of like on the down cycle. And I mean, not that, you know, I always want to be on an upswing because I believe that life is 50-50 and, you know, we all have our ups and downs and that's part of the, you know, spice of life. But they don't need to be as severe, you know, when you know how to manage yourself. And these are some of the things that I've been doing lately that have seriously been saving me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you here. I wrote out a list of like 15 different things that are actually saving me, but a lot of them are Captain Obvious. Like I've got a trip on the books, something to look forward to. I am having like, you know, scheduled Zoom calls with friends to stay connected and I'm getting outside as often as I can. And these are all great things, but they're also like, you know, I roll. Yeah, thanks very much. Tell me something I didn't know. These things are things that you don't know. Uh, or maybe you do, I don't know, but they're not Captain Obvious. So, uh, and they're all quite, you know, doable and they're more concepts than actions. Uh, so, anyways, without further ado, let's jump right into it. So the first thing I wanted to share of the three things is a podcast that I am currently obsessed with and I cannot believe I didn't know it existed before last week. It has already changed my thinking in so many ways. It's called The Big Leap and yes, it's hosted by the author of The Big Leap, Gay Hendricks. He has a co-host, I can't recall his name, sorry, co-host man, but it is a really, really good podcast. And if you're <laughs> familiar with Gay Hendricks, then you know how awesome this can be. Anyway, I love him because, you know, he's just got amazing insights and his approach to personal development is so fresh and enlightening. He's written a lot of books, but The Big Leap and The Genius Zone are two of my absolute favorites. Actually, I think I mentioned The Genius Zone earlier uh, this year in a podcast. So I just think he's the bomb. And I, this podcast is really good. Anyway, I've been consuming a ton of his podcast episodes over the weekend. And one in particular really struck me and changed the way I was thinking about certain things. So uh, he's but in this one particular podcast, there was one comment he made about depression that really stood out to me. It was like, he said, it often results, no, not always, but often results from a lack of creative expression. He said that when we are in constant consumption mode uh, and we don't balance it out with the output of creative expression, he said we become, and this is how he said it, creatively constipated. And I was like, 
Oh, that's interesting. So for me, creative constipation happens when I'm binge watching TV, IG uh, or Instagram, YouTube, or even just podcasts and audiobooks like binging his podcast. The thing is I love ideas. So I tend to like overdose on them and hoard them. Uh, love of learning is my highest character strength. So I can take in information like nobody's biz, but unless I'm implementing or teaching or expressing the ideas that I'm bringing in, they start to weigh me down. And I think that that's what was contributing to my funk. And I wonder if that might have anything or have any resonance with you as well. I mean, who can't relate to having like a read a million different self-help books, but not having actually implemented anything of what you've read. <laughs> okay. I hope that's not just me, but that's sort of the idea, right? Like it's constantly consuming, constantly learning. And what I've learned also from, you know, coaching clients is that very often, this is such a thing with women. We never think that we're qualified enough or that we've got the, you know, the right level of knowledge and we always need to learn one more thing before we can execute. And that really gets us in this stuck place because what we're lacking is confidence. And that's understandable when you're doing something you've never done before, you can feel really, you know, not confident because you've never done it before. But the the thing is, and the trick is that confidence comes through action. It's never going to come through learning. Um, I mean, <laughs> meet any, you know, graduate from high school or grade school and tell me if you think they're super confident. Well, if they are, it's because they've been doing stuff, not because they've had their nose stuck in a book. So here's the thing. The best way to get out of this creative constipation thing is to be mindful of what you're consuming and how you're actually taking action on what you're learning. And now, obviously I'm not talking about content for pure entertainment value, but even then, how often are you watching TV or a movie while you're scrolling your phone? So in that case, you're not even getting the benefit of getting lost in the story that you're apparently watching. So you might be thinking, well, that's great. You know, I do take in a lot of content, but I'm not creative, so this can't apply to me. And I am going to challenge you on that. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm going to go on a side tangent here um, about something that my husband and I do every night at dinner. We have this little ritual where we sit down with our dinner and we each share three things that went well that day and one thing we're grateful for. Does it sound cheesy? Absolutely. But you know what? It works and it's super helpful. First of all, when you bring positive memories to mind, it not only releases happy neurochemicals in your body like oxytocin and, um, oh, why am I like missing all of the, you know, serotonin, all of those happy chemicals, but it also helps your brain like document those positive experiences in your short and long-term memory. So it starts to balance out all the negative crap that our brain stores by default. This is the antidote to our negative cognitive bias. And it also helps for making, you know, dinner conversation fun. So I highly recommend that. Anyway, I digress. So while, um, a while back before like this big old cloud of funk started to roll in, I was on a real high, like I was on a high in January and it was like all over my productivity and doing things. So when we would get to dinner, my husband would say, you know, what are your top three things today? And I'd be like, well, you know, I knocked off all these things on my to-do list and I got this done. I got that done. I recorded a podcast. I wrote a blog post, blah, 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 blah. mostly all business related stuff, but it was always like, yeah, I got this thing done. And it was making me feel really, really good. And I was on a high. But then I had one of those irrational thought dramas that only come at 3 a.m. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> and I started to think about how all of my good things 
that I was talking about at dinner were task-related. And that took me down a path of freaking self-loathing because now I'm thinking to myself, well, that's all hustle and grind. That's not happiness and growth. And I started to berate myself for not being more conscious of the fact that I'm measuring my happiness by being in the doing rather than the being, which, you know, all the spiritual gurus tell you, you got to be, not do. Uh, this, of course, all stems back for me into childhood when I was, you know, it was considered a sin basically in my house to be standing still. My mother always was handing out wee jobbies. And if you were like not in motion or doing something productive, you were quote unquote lazy. And that's a loaded term for those of us with ADHD. So that was the rabbit hole I started going down at 3 a.m. And I think it was really the catalyst for my mood downturn. Because from that point on, I was a little less excited to get things done in my business. And I started to fart around more and waste more time. And it wasn't actually, now I'm going to come full circle, until I heard Gay's podcast idea about creative constipation that I started to put two and two together. You see, my work is my creative expression. It is not about hustle and grind. Nothing about my job is hustle and grind. It's about being super excited about everything I'm learning and then having and having an authentic passion for and wanting to share it with like-minded people. So really like when I look back to January and why I was so thrilled and you know everything at at our dinner table I was talking about I was so excited about it's because I was taking ideas in and then I was working with them and executing. And it's not that I stopped executing but I stopped sort of valuing that process and I actually looked at it in a very negative context like, oh, am I just hustling and am I not, you know, am I not adulting or living, you know, the the life that I want to live that is based on me being valuable just because I am me rather than what I produce. And I was starting to get a lot of those thoughts mixed up in my head. And I don't know about you, but, you know, we listen to all these various different thought leaders around, you know, personal productivity and personal development and professional development. And they all say something a little bit different, which can often be very contradictory. So when I start to get those thoughts in my mind, I get very sort of flustered and I have to come back into what's true for me. And that's really what happened um, it, when I listened to that podcast. I realized that that totally irrational 3 a.m. thought circus was actually me just shaming myself for doing what it is I always wanted to do which was become a full-time content creator and coach. <laughs> like our brains can be so mean to us. And it was just amazing when that sort of all sort of coalesced in my head and I realized, wow, I'm just, I'm acting like an idiot. I'm <laughs> my thoughts are so dumb. So I share the story because instead of thinking of yourself as an uncreative person or that just because you don't paint or sing opera, I want you to think of ex a creative expression as the way you live, the way you show up in the world, the way you dress, the way you work, the way you time to spend time with your kids. Everything you do in your life is an expression of what's on the inside of you. And that is creation in action. And do you know what's not creative? Creative consumption <laughs> or cri criticizing people who are being creative. Um, there's a fine line between taking a break from the day just to check in on social media or enjoy a show, enjoy a show with your husband on the couch at night with a glass of wine, which is my favorite thing to do, uh, versus thinking of the, or using those things as buffers because you feel stuck or unmotivated or you're ruminating on something negative and you're looking for opportunities, um, you know, to just uh, like 
prevent yourself from moving forward. And in those moments, I encourage you to try to find ways to express yourself if it's even in the smallest way. I would like, for example, I put on a full face of make this makeup this morning because I had to do some filming. I felt like a totally new person because I rarely like get dressed up when I'm working from home. So I say that to be uh to use it as an example of it not being, you know, anything monumental. It just has to be an authentic expression of you and to get you into motion. So if you're starting to feel like unmotivated or you feel like you're stuck, look for, you know ways that you can just express yourself or look for ways that you're not expressing yourself and maybe take a consumption diet uh, if you need to. Moving on to number two, I think I've, uh, I've spoken that one to its limit, making decisions from the gut. So I have been noodling on some big life decisions lately, and I don't know about you, but when it comes to like big decision-making, it can be a real drain on cognitive energy. And I feel like that's been contributing to this wall of awful I've been dealing with. So ironically, today I was listening to another ADHD podcast that came out by a fellow coach, and she was talking about how to make decisions as an ADHDer. And she said something that really helped me. She also said something um, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I'm going to put a pin in that for a sec. She said, we don't know if our decisions are, sorry, we don't get to know if our decisions are the right ones or not in advance. That's so true, right? Like any ability, any decision we have has the ability to go sideways. It can go better than expected or it can go worse than expected. And that's just life. So when you have ADHD, you might spend a lot more time worrying about this and dwelling on the fear of choosing the wrong thing because maybe it's based on past ha uh, habits or patterns. But the thing is no amount of rumination is going to help you to make a better decision. However, there are ways to make decisions more peacefully and with more clarity. Do you want to hear what they are? Okay. First of all, most of us are verbal processors. So when we speak our thoughts out loud, a different part of our brain picks up on that information than rather than when we just think our thoughts, which is pretty interesting. So if you're trying to make a tricky decision and you're not getting anywhere just thinking, um, and also some of us are better with written um, processing. So either journal if that's your jam or... Find somebody who has zero connection to the decision that you're about to make and ask them if you can just verbally process your thoughts. That means uh, that, you know, you're not going to your opinionated friends who love to offer unsolicited advice or somebody who has any sort of investment in the outcome of your decision because they're going to reflect based on where they are and how they get impacted. But you want somebody who is listening to your verbal processing and reflecting back to you what you're saying and the energy the energy that you're communicating it with. And obviously this is where a coach can be like a huge support, but that person is going to be able to say, okay, I hear you saying this and your eyes just lit up when you said this, or I heard you say that and your shoulders are now droopy. So that stuff is really helpful um, to verbally process and just have somebody reflect back to you what you're saying. Another thing you can do, ask yourself, and this is another podcast that I just recently listened to and I thought it was so clever. Ask yourself what's between all or nothing. So again, we tend to think in like black or white terms, all or nothing thoughts. So if we can't have the outcome that we are looking for, then no other outcome is possible. And that's really limited thinking. So for example, I had a client who said, well, I can't quit my, if I can't quit my job, then I can't start my business. And that's the 
the belief that she had that was holding her back. And I'm like, really? Is that true? And what she discovered is, no, that's absolutely not true, but it was the belief that she had. And once she was aware of it, she was able to come up with something that was a little bit more motivating than if I can't quit my job, I can't start my business. So I hope that, you know, there's a nugget of wisdom in there for you too. Between, you know, the decisions that you're ruminating over or like maybe mulling over, if there's, you know, something in between that you're not thinking about, maybe bring that to mind and brainstorm it um, either verbally or in a journal. Okay. So the last thing that I'm going to share with you on decision-making, this is really fun. Uh, I learned this trick and I just thought it was so cool. So this will help you check in with your body, which is the best way to make a decision in my opinion. Your body loads a lot more than your conscious brain does. So it will be able to help you. It won't be able to help you, you know, tell the future. It doesn't have a crystal ball, but it will help you understand how you will react to the different choices that you're making. And that is what you need to zero in on. So first, I'm going to ask you to identify two people in your mind. The first person is someone that you love spending time with. This is the person that you miss when they're not around. They're a blast to be with, and they've got great energy. If you can't think of anybody that you know personally, <laughs> then you need new friends. Um, but go ahead and pick a celebrity that you'd like to hang out with. Now, the second person, once you've got that person in mind, the second person I want you to pick is someone that you would hate to get stuck talking to. They don't have to be somebody you hate because I don't think we should hate anybody, but somebody that's a total drag, boring, negative, or whatever, somebody that you don't like spending time with and you spend your, you know, the majority of your energy trying to avoid them. Think of that person. So now you got these two people in mind, okay? You got your two peeps. Here we go. Close your eyes, if that's available to you, and imagine you're sitting down to a seven-course meal at your absolute favorite restaurant ever. And as you're sitting down into the cushy seat and your waiter's handing you the menu, you're about to, you know, he's telling you about the uh, next five hours that, you know, are they're going to be sending you meal after meal of your favorite food, and it's going to be so awesome. And he says, we have somebody who's going to be joining you for this very intimate dinner, and you'll be spending the next five hours together. And when you look up, you see that person standing in front of you and it is the person that you cannot stand. Think about that person walking up to the table. Maybe they've got a smirk on their face and you're just like, oh, bleep. <laughs> Where are you feeling what you're feeling? Like, what are you feeling? And where are you feeling? Where in your body is it? What does it feel like? Take a minute to really think about that feeling. I'm actually feeling it. I'm telling you the story and, and I'm feeling it in a certain place in my body, but I won't share it because I don't want to influence what's happening in your body. But make a note of it and really like register, oh, when I felt this dread of feeling, this is what it felt like in my body. Okay, you got that? All right. Now I'm going to invite you to close your eyes again. And you're back at the restaurant and the waiter is serving you or sharing with you the seven course menu for the evening. And he's smiling and you're smiling. And that was a joke about the, you know, the person you hate <laughs> or the person you hate to spend time with. Um, now the waiter's smiling and he hands you the menu and he says, I have a surprise for you. Tonight, you're not going to be dining alone. You're going to be dining with your favorite person. And as you look up, <gasps> It's that person and you are elated and you're so excited that you jump out of your seat and go give them a big hug. Where are you feeling that in your body? Is it in the same place that you felt the person with dread? Probably not. So identify where and identify how that feels. Okay. Now 
What you have just identified in your body is what your body feels when you have dread and when you have joy. So whenever you are looking to make a decision, you can think about the decision and the options and check in with your body and you will know exactly what your body tells you. You might need to take a minute to get quiet and zero in on your body, but that is a powerful tool. What does my gut say? What does my heart say? Because if I can probably hazard a guess, when you were dreading it, there was a tightness in your stomach and when it was a person that you wanted to see, it was like a lightness in your chest. So I love that tool. I think it's incredibly powerful. We should be listening to our bodies more. Um, and I just hope that you find that, uh, find that, you know, helpful. The last thing that is really saving me right now, and this is a little bit weird, but it's true. Notion. Notion is a software productivity tool, note-taking app, database slash, um, piece of amazing software. I liken it to if Asana and Evernote had a love child, this would be the result of it. And Google Sheets documents, like the Google uh, environment would be like the angry stepchild because it's really like (laughs) better than all of those things I just mentioned. So I hesitate to get too far into the mechanics of how it's saving my life right now uh, because it's really something that's best described visually. And I have a YouTube video coming up on how to use this. Uh, to plan and set goals, which is what I've been using it for. And it has dramatically changed since the process I shared earlier this year. But I will say this, what I've learned this year through coaching is that we ADHDers have a hard time remembering things, including remembering to to look at the to-do list where we wrote down the reminders to remind us to look at the thing that we're currently forgetting to look at. (laughs) Does this ring true for anybody else other than me? Anyway, I have found that I cycle through planners, like whether they're digital or paper, very often. At first, they are like the best thing ever, and then I totally forget about them, and I go back to wondering what the heck I'm supposed to be doing from day to day. So the great thing I found about Notion and the game changer here is that it is so customizable that you can build out a system that works specifically for your brain, and that my friends, is a total game changer. You don't have to cobble together a bunch of systems that almost work, but not quite, because this software can slice and dice literally anything you put into it and serve it up in a way that's so contextually relevant, it will make your head pop off. And I am not over speaking here. So for those of you who are visual learners, this is also a custom, an awesome software because you can uh, create helpful dashboard, like customized dashboards that can display anything that you want to track or be constantly aware of. It's really amazing. Anyway, I love this tool and it is seriously saving me from its productivity standpoint. Y'all, I have a lot of moving pieces between my content creation, my corporate client, my coaching clients, and having this centralized space to store everything that's a to-do list, but it's also like my data storage for my like my notes and my apps and ideas that I curate and how I like process ideas. It's all in there. It's all in there, all one thing. And it's just so helpful. It like, I have no more sticky notes in my house and that is a blessing. Best of all, you can color code things and add your own pictures to it, which makes it super fun to look at. So do not underestimate how important it is to make your to-do list interesting looking because that which is interesting is that which you want to keep coming back to, right? So that is like, for me, such a game changer. And I really, really, really 
enjoy this software. And if you are currently a Notion user, I know you're nodding your head right now. I see you. <laughs> Personally, this is like the one software that has not disappointed me. Anyway, that's not the best part. So some time ago, I started brainstorming ways to, how do I say this, democratize the tools that ADHD coaches use so that they're more accessible to everyone. Because I know that coaching is not accessible to everyone. And, you know, my services certainly aren't accessible to everybody and I can't scale myself to serve everybody, but I'm looking for ways to, you know, provide tools that will help you get further along without having to hire somebody and going through a one-on-one -on -one experience. So to that end, I have several tools already on my website at, um, it's adhdfriendly.com forward slash resources. And all those tools are super powerful, but they're most powerful when they are pulled together and put in context, which is not what you currently have on my website. So when you pull together all of these things, which evaluate your strengths, your values, your needs, your vision for your life, all in one place, it becomes a lot easier to see how that relate, that information is related, what themes there are and what the underlying stories and desires are. So I did a thing. <laughs> I pulled together all of my favorite coaching tools, uh, which are basically assessments. And I put them into one notion template that you can download and work through and then plan your goals and actions based on the results of your assessments. It's brilliant. It has pictures. It has place for notes. It, uh, it has like drag and drop stuff. And once you go through all the assessments, I believe there's four of them, you end up with like this dashboard of you, like your operating system and the way that your heart and mind are mapped and what you want and need in the world. And then right underneath that, you have the opportunity to like start mapping out goals. And right underneath that, all on the same page, you can then pull and start to uh, like bake out tasks based on, you know, the month and, you know, what you want to accomplish in each, each month. And it makes that sort of vision to execution process super simple, which I know might sound competent, Captain Obvious to somebody who's got a neurotypical brain, but if you're neurodivergent and you've got a million ideas, it's really hard to kind of capture them into one area and have guardrails to bring those visions down a path to execution. So with this software, with this Notion template, I have attempted to do that. And I'm so excited about it. It's so fun. So anyway, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and a link to the video. Now I will say you might think that's super thrilling. Um, but I don't want you to jump into the template unless you've taken some time to understand Notion. Notion has a bit of a learning curve to it. And the reason I say that is that I don't want you to get the template and be like, yo, Karen, I don't know how to do, I don't know how to work in Notion. I don't understand the software because I'm not a software person, right? Like I'm not your software guru and I don't want to have anybody sending any questions saying, I don't know how to operate this thing. So, um, I would encourage you to first check out Notion, get to know if it's something that you want to use. And then if it's not something you want to use, you can still go ahead and use this template to do that whole vision to execution piece. And then when you get to the execution part, you just start plugging in your tasks into whatever task management system you prefer. As long as you have a task management system, that's <laughs> important. Uh, and I've learned that the very hard way. So anyway, that's what I got for you today. I hope that I have given you some new and novel ideas, some stuff to Google, some ways to make better choices. So I'll wrap it up with your takeaways here. Okay. 
first of all, be mindful of how much you're using or consuming and versus how much you're creating or producing or taking action on. So you might want to take, like if you are stagnant and feeling like you're kind of stuck, you might want to put the pause button on mindless consumption and take, let's say, a creative laxative to get things moving again. <laughs> and only know you know what that looks like. Um, but it's going to have a huge impact on your mental wellness. So I highly encourage you to do that. Second, when it comes to decision-making, instead of swirling, talk it out, and of course, trust your gut. And third thing, find a productivity system that sparks joy for you, that you enjoy going back to. And again, if you're curious about Notion, download it and give it a try. It's totally free and there's a million different tutorials on YouTube. Uh, and then if you're inspired to give my um, vision to action, template a whirl, give it a whirl. If you're already using Notion, go ahead and give it a whirl, but start with understanding the concept of Notion first. So anyways, that is it, guys. I'm trying to keep this under 30 minutes. So thank you for listening. And if you like this podcast, head over to uh, Instagram and say hello. I am now, my Instagram handle is now, it's ADHD friendly. I have been mentioning that I was going to uh, change it and I did. Uh, so yeah, I'm ADHD, I'm it's ADHD friendly. So I-T-S, ADHD friendly, all one big giant word and no apostrophes or anything. Uh, I mean, it's, it's ADHD friendly. Oh my God, that's a mouthful on YouTube, IG, all the things. So find me there, find me anywhere. I would love to hear from you guys. Like love to love to love you. And that's it. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.